Hello and welcome to Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. My name is Ben Townsend from bentownsendmusic.net and I'm joined as always by... Sam Townsend from soundtownsendmusic.ga Sam Townsend Music from uh, GA. I'm under pressure. GA. It's, it, I think it's a toughie. Okay. Okay. Is it, uh, is it guava? Or is that a fruit? No, that's, a, that's a fruit. Right. Is it uh, Guyana? Guyana. No. Okay. You're going to have to tell me what GA is. It's, you'll kick yourself. Go on. It's Gabon. Oh, I am absolutely livid with myself. Gabon. Gabon. I know nothing about Gabon. Gabon. I know, no Gabonese footballers. What do you know about Gabon? Uh, it's on the west coast of Central Africa. Fantastic. Right. I believe that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is from Gabon. Gabonese. Yeah. Okay. Gabonia. Well, thank you for, for making that obscure. I would convince myself that you were going to do Italy. Ah, uh, no. Well, that, they, they, that's not GA, Italy. No, but I thought you were going to say IT. So I, I, I prepared a load of Italian facts I was going to regale you with. Oh, well, save them. Uh, okay, for when? When I get to get my Italian website up and running. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. It's now, in- inevitable that it will happen. Well, you'll, you'll run out of countries at some point. How many countries are there in the world? This is the 25th episode. Lots. Okay, thank you. Incisive... Incisive insight there from Universally Speaking. Incisive as ever. Um, I just want to say it's episode 25 because you didn't say that. Right, yes, a quarter of a hundred. A quarter of a century. Yes, I never thought we'd get this far, but here we go. No, I mean, it's, it's a milestone and it seems you know, something to be proud of, but it does seem to have taken an awfully long time. Well, yes, it's because we went for four months without recording an episode. Yeah, I think that probably played a part in it. Now, Samuel, yeah. and then we decided um, once, and it was Alex Fredette, God bless him, who, who wrote into oh, us oh. the first email we received saying how much yes. he enjoyed it and uh, his brother, you know, bonding with his brother about over the chillies. And that got yes, us yeah. onto the old um, And then the old we routine. were back on. Yeah, we of were course, back on in a big way. Yeah, so, yes, thank you, Alex Fredette. Yeah, no. Uh, yes, no. Well, which one? Both. Okay, you've cancelled yourself out. Now, we've had quite a busy week, but quite a busy couple of weeks over the past couple of weeks. We've had some lovely things happening. Um, I was having a chat with with Ambassador Tom Pope on Twitter about um, favourite pieces of merchandise. And he he sent sent us a photo of some books. Well, he's got one of Chad's drumsticks for a start. Yeah, He caught at a gig. So that's pretty cool. Lucky jigger. So I said that I liked the look of one of the books that you had, um, Body Parts, which turns out is a um, a one-hot-minute tour-era book. Lovely-looking thing. And Tom... Well, you took a shine to it. Yes, I did. And I had a look on Amazon, and it cost £82 on Amazon. So I said, look, I'm not going to get this now. I looked on eBay as well, but the postage was a bit prohibitive, plus if you buy the book as well. Um. Well, there's no point in just paying the postage if you're not going to buy the book. <laughs> well, that is what I ended up doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, true. And so, yeah. uh, so Tom said, "I'll send it over to you." And so I he said, did. "I said that's most kind. I'll read it and mail it back." And he said, "No, keep it." 
And he did point out, yeah. other, otherwise yeah. we'd have just been setting up the world's most expensive library service. Yeah, yeah, just incredible. Um, so thank yes, you, thanks. honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for that. That was amazing. We had a message from a gentleman in the northeast of England, Mr. Jack Johnson, requesting to become an ambassador. And yes. also, and here's, here's an interesting, the interesting bit. The, the twist. The twist of this particular email, he's a drummer. And he felt that Chad wasn't getting enough credit on, on the podcast, which I think is a fair point. It's something we've talked about. We don't have the necessary drum knowledge to go into too much depth about that. Um, well, I'll, I'll, correct, I'll correct you there, if I may. Please do. It wasn't, necess- it wasn't necessarily that Chad wasn't getting the, the, enough love, because we do, we do dish out a lot of love for the myth. However, the myth what, myth. He was, what, what, he was, what he was indicating was that he, he could offer us a, 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 more, a level of expertise that we as non-drummers can't provide. The technical expertise. Yeah, absolutely yes. right. So he also requested to be the drum ambassador. He did. We accepted with open arms and he's in position. He's already sent us um, the, his notes for the, the second half of Stadium Arcadium. Mm. And so we'll be feeding that into the conversation when we do Stadium Arcadium Part 2. Absolutely, yeah. They are great notes. It must have taken him, you know, an amount of time to put together, which we appreciate. Yeah, and uh, I think it's definitely going to bring something additional to to our analysis of the track. So Yeah, yeah. So, so thank you for getting in touch, Jack. And we're really looking forward to making your insight part of the conversation. We are. Um, yes, indeed. Oh, and also, um, if you have a look on my Twitter feed, he's posted a picture of his badge, his ambassador badge that he received, and the compliment slip that is sent out with these badges, which I'm not sure we've mentioned before. No, the compliment slip. You shall receive a compliment slip as well. So, mm, yes. If you'd like to be an ambassador, email in. Um, yeah, do it. You know, you get a badge, you get a compliment slip, and you get that level of status within the community that you could only dream of. What a level of status. Uh, ben, Townsend, ben Townsend Music at hotmail.com. Sam, we, we also had a lovely message from somebody called Just For Viewing 8484 on Reddit. Sam, would you care to read this message out, which will give us massive big I'll read it right now. It, uh, it reads as follows. I just discovered your podcast and I'm currently blazing my way through your back catalogue. You gents are an absolute delight to listen to and it's been so lovely to hear your input on some of my old favourites, especially as you have a better understanding than I do on the technical side. You manage to be both hilarious and thought-provoking, so just wanted to say keep up the awesome work. That is lovely. Lo- it was a lovely message to receive during these difficult and dark times anything to boost your spirits at this time is is very very welcome it's more than welcome so if anyone would like to send a message like that a nice message yes Yes. (laughs) but thank you jfv8484 yeah wonderful it was it was fantastic we we both replied didn't we and i don't often bother pipe up yeah (laughs) (laughs) right now also ambassador uh, Ambassador Hamish Duncan also contacted us. Yes. Hamish, he of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, the, the sessions archive. Yes. RXCP yes, sessions yes. archive. Go and, uh, go and have a look at that website. It's absolutely amazing. 
along with the live right. archive, uh, you will not find better uh, Chili's websites. You won't find two better archives concerning the Chili's. No, you absolutely won't. Now, he wrote in suggesting an idea um, of moments where you're a fly on the wall at certain points in the Chili's career and you're seeing things, historic moments within the Chili's career and what would we like to see? Mm. I have renamed that Flea on the Wall. A Flea on the Wall. I, I, I'm assuming that's got something to do with the the bassist of the Red Hot Chili Peppers being called Flea. No. No? No. Nothing to do with that? Absolutely. I didn't even know he was called Flea. It's, co- it's coincidental. Absolutely coincidental. But So Flea Excellent. on the Wall. Let's have a look. Um, uh, Hamish sent in... Uh, we're going to save most of Hamish's because we will do a, a, a bit of a thing about that. And, um, it's going to be an ongoing segment. Yeah, we invite anybody to write in. What would you like to have seen in situ? You're a flea on the wall. <laughs> I did please myself with that one. Um, Hamish sent in some ideas, but suggested this one. What about being at a pre-Sean pre Joe? A pre-John show where John is watching the band. I'd love to have been there. Flea on the wall. You could see John Frusciante. Drinking in Hillel's guitar parts, Hillel's guitar parts, mm. watching his hearing. Forming hearing, his love. Forming his love, forming a passion that would eventually lead him to be the guitarist of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That would have been great mm. to be there. It would have been, yeah. And it's, it is incredible to think that that did actually happen. Yeah. He was there at, you know, at shows, drinking it in, becoming a, a, a super fan of the band. He was dripping then, in Red Hot Chili Peppers. He was. And, and then he would go on to become the linchpin of, of the band going forward in the future. Uh, yeah, that, that, that would be fantastic. Right. Have you got a flea um, on the wall moment, Sam? I have. Uh, I, something that I, I thought of beforehand and hadn't put it into this context was that I'd, I would love to have been at a more recent moment when they were talking to Josh about the fact that John was coming back. <laughs> because, because we, you know, we've heard from Josh about how it happened. Yes. And there's no doubt that we've said Josh has come out with a, a, a lot of credit. Yes. And the story he tells seems, A, reasonable, and B, something that he's accepted with, you know, with a level of grace, which is highly commendable. Now, but, but I would love to see it and just be able to know for sure that that's how it went down. Yeah, especially since we've got a lot more information from Josh about how this happened than we have from anyone else within the band. From anyone else, exactly. And, and he's, you know, he, as I say, he's, he's dealt with the whole situation fantastically well. Um, but, you know, I, I'd like to have been there to see exactly what happened, just in case there's, for some reason, you know, there's been... Some kind of sounds like you're doubting gloss. Josh. I'm not doubting him, but I, I, I just it just seems so smooth. This is the second. This is the second person so far on this podcast. It's 40 minutes in where you doubt you doubted their story on air. <laughs> oh God, I'm becoming a doubting Thomas. <laughs> okay, that's a good. No. That's a good feel on the wall moment. Thank you. Um. Now you well, I would just one you know one of many. I would like to have been a flea on the wall behind the scenes at the Tibetan Freedom concert 
where Pearl Jam gave up some of their playing time so the Chili's could get on yeah. stage. Because I see that as kind of a, a pivotal moment in John's return. Mm. How did that conversation happen? Because we also are both big fans of Pearl Jam as well. We are indeed. So that, yes, that, I was... that conversation, is that between Pearl Jam and the Chili's? Whose idea was it? How did that all happen? Mm. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah, like indeed. Also, if I was, if I was there, you would, you'd get to see in, in the flesh the swan in that, that strange crossover period where John was back, but the swan still looked like one hot minute swan and was still playing the yeah. guitar on Give It Away. Yeah, he did, did he still have long hair at that point? Yes, he did, yeah. Yeah, so that, that really is a, a strange one to, to see. Him singing songs like Scar Tissue with long, you know, as one hot minute Anthony. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, but just to clear up, and he, and just he, to clear up, you're talking about when he sang Scar Tissue as one hot minute Anthony at another time. He's not called Anthony. Anthony. But yes, I am. I am. <laughs> I got- am referring. Yeah. No, I am referring to that, that performance where he does it. And his performance in that um, show is very rough compared to how the sort of polished scar tissue that we see today and saw even much, you know, much soon after that. It, it um, he really refined his, his, his vocal delivery yeah, to, to be what we, what we recognize now. No, he, he, um, he peaked, he did peak. Um, he did, but yeah, well, uh, when, but at his height, and I think we're going to see, as we talk about the Alcatraz gig, he is great yeah. at the Alcatraz gig. Okay, so that's a, a bit flea on the wall. We'll do a bit more of that. So if anyone's got a moment they'd like to have been at, then write in. We've got... Oh, I'm sure there's thousands. Two new ambassadors, two more new ambassadors, yeah. Ian and Sammy from the UK. Mm. Well, England. Um, yes, and, yeah. and they wrote in, I sent them off their badges and their compliment slip and they sent, they sent back a lovely um, mail thanking us for a letter, that. A letter, if you will. If you will, thanking us for doing the podcast and there was about 42 chili songs hidden in, within the, uh, the text. So I've put hidden that, in plain sight. Hidden in plain sight. I've put that on Twitter if you want to see it. If you want to pick out how many, um, yeah, it was lovely. Pete Moore's had a stab because you can't just write. You no, know, he did. Yeah, you can't just write that off the cuff. You do have to put a, a certain level of thought into it, and uh, it was very impressive. Well, they're both on lockdown, so they may. What else are you going to do? True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. In fact, yeah, they didn't put any no. any effort in it. No. Thank you very much, Ian and Sammy. It was a it was a lovely uh, thing to receive. It was very very touching. It's the Actually, first physical it, we've received. Yeah, it brought a tear to my eye. Did it? Yeah, I was in a heightened emotional state as it was. Yeah, and then and then they they wrote you that letter. Yeah. Also, want to thank uh, Red Hot Chili Potatoes. He's linked to the podcast on both his Twitter and his Instagram account. And we, yes. did, we did see a, a definite spike after he'd done that on, mm, on the yeah. old ana- analyticals, the old analytics. It's, fa- it's fantastic because, you know, people like Potatoes who've got a much larger following than us, uh, you know, doing us a, a, a favour, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So we, it's, it's much appreciated. Yeah, thank you, mate. He's a, I think he's a real key member of the, the Red Hot chili peppers community and um yeah we thank you for doing that mate much appreciated mm. 
Indeed. And finally, a thank you to Ambassador Dan Boyd. Uh, I uploaded the video trailer, the podcast video trailer that that he's done for us um, on... That's now on the hosting page for the podcast, uh, bentownswaymusic.net. Um, get land on my homepage, and then it's easy to link to the, the page for the podcast. It's, it's just a great um, video. It's, uh, it's so it's psychedelic. Fantastic. So psychedelic. It reminds me of the Zephyr song. It is. The video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it's good, you know, that it's up there now, and other people can go and view it and enjoy it for themselves. Yeah, so do head over to bentownswaymusic.net. Do. Yeah, and check that out. It's brilliant. And um, go there before you go to my new website. Uh, yes, the Ghana, what the the Gabonese one. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Dan did us a, did us a version of it, sent it over to us, and uh, then I requested, sent him a picture of us, and requested that we come up at the, on the end collage as well, which always makes yeah. me laugh when we, we we pop up underneath the swan's armpits. Yes, that's uh, right. great stuff. So thank you, Dan. That was yes, indeed. That was a fortnight in the life of uh, universally speaking the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. Well, it was nice because it's it was busy. It was filled with developments, which we you know were always nice. And we'd had a a couple of rotations where not a great deal had happened. So it was nice to get back on the horse. Yes, and, uh, it was. There we go. It was. So, thank you, everyone. We are now going to move into. Um, talking about a great gig, uh, live at Alcatraz in 2006. Uh, Alcatraz the prison? No. Alcatraz, the venue in Milan in Italy. Yes. Milan. Did you say Milan or Milan? Milan. Milan. Oh, fine. April the 29th, 2006. Part of the pre-tour promotions for Stadium Arcadium. Also, just, just, um, just over 14 years ago. Oh, God. God, that makes me feel old. Well, I am. Yeah, old. no, but the good the, where you are, you're incredibly old. The good thing about it is that um, John's back. So yes, you know, it could have been 14 years, and uh, it, it, we didn't think we'd be able to say that John was back. Although he is back, but because of everything that's happened, he may as well not be back. Yeah, but he, but he is back. He is back. Yeah. he is back. Yeah. By the end of all this, he'll probably be fed up with it again and bog off. Well, that's what I'm worried about. It's, it's getting towards his leaving time. It is, yeah, it is. Yeah, so they need to hurry up and release some music. Now, this show um, was broadcast on Italian TV, presumably. We're watching the... Yeah, well, it looks like MTV Italy to me. Okay. We're watching the, um, the version that is on YouTube that has been posted by Rafael Nunes and is 43 minutes, 53 seconds long. Otherwise, yeah. there's a longer version, but it's just the same thing with the adverts left in. Uh, so Which I thoroughly enjoyed while I was on the exercise bike the other day, and I obviously couldn't get off to, to move it along. There's an unbelievable amount of adverts. Yes. There's nearly 10 minutes of adverts. Yes, there is. So watch the, uh, the Rafael Nunes version. Um, actually, there are some songs that have been edited out of the, um, the show, and there is also scar tissues being moved in the running order. If you go to um, Red Hot Chili Peppers Live Archive, you can find this. It, there's a really easy search feature on there. Go to 2006, find this show. There's the set list from it um, that the Swan wrote. And they've cut out Throwaway Your Television. Cut, and then they've cut a big block out. They've cut out Snow, 21st Century, Don't Forget Me, Right on Time and Other Side. 
That, sorry, can you run through those again? So straight away television, not, I'm not too fussed about that, although it probably had a brilliant solo. Yeah, it did have that uh, Don't You Ever Leave ending, apparently. Yeah, all right, what else? Uh, snow. That's a loss. 21st century. That's not so much of a loss. Yeah, you shouldn't be giving away your feelings yet. I'm don't, not. <laughs> don't forget me. Uh, that, I mean, that's the biggest loss of them all. Why would you cut that out? Right on time. Why cut that out? And it goes on for about two minutes. And other side. And that's a loss. I got it's a loss. Sorry. Yeah, it's a loss. Yeah. You saw, no, you, saw, you, you saw me gesturing, say something. I did, so I, I repeated what I'd already said. <laughs> <laughs> Gold, true golden content there. Yeah, that is the golden content that you can rely upon from me on Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. Now, um, and scar tissue was moved from third in running order, in actuality, yeah. down the down the set down the virtual set list. So it appears later on the broadcast. Yeah, and and that is noticeable actually because at no point in this performance does the swan take his top off. No, that's true. He's he's always at least vested. Well, I've done something on this uh, this watching of the concert. I'm calling Swan Watch. Right. Um, it's a bit like Spring Watch, the, the show on yes. BBC Two in the UK, where they yeah. watch animals in their natural habitats. So I'm going to be watching a swan in his natural habitat. Yeah. And we're going to keep an eye on his disrobing procedure. Yeah, well, I always do that anyway. Um, Just an internal swan he, watch. He, yeah, well, he, he, he... Flea is essentially topless from the beginning, as far as I can tell. Flea doesn't change. Chad doesn't change. Um, John, John does change. John loses his, um, opens his, his shirt. Undergarment. He opens his shirt. But you can't. Oh, no undergarment. No. He opens his shirt, but um, quite early on. Um, but it yeah. does what, it does flow seamlessly because um, cause scar tissue is moved, but it still works in the, in the period where he opened his shirt. And then he takes it off later on, of course. Yeah, by the end, it's off. Lovely to see. So we will do the Swan Watch. Uh, and um, yeah, look forward and to we'll that. And we'll do many other things beside. Okay, well, let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. Live Alcatraz, people, 2006. Can't wait. Coming out of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the uh, the intro jam and Can't Stop Live at Alcatraz in 2006. Oh, my word. I would say if I was going to show someone the Red Hot Chili Peppers for the first time and say this is the band, this is their power, that, yeah. that might be one of the things that I would show. That's, take me back to 2006. That gave me what? goosebumps. Man, they were powerful, they were potent, they were on point, they were all fantastic. What a performance. It's, um, it really is so good, that. Should we get into a bit of detail? Go on. I've written here, JF tidies up the sand, but I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means. Okay, hang on. We'll, we'll go. <laughs> I know what it means, I've just worked it out. Let's go back to the intro, shall we? 
Um, they get in, this might be an editing thing, but on this show, on this broadcast, they get into that jam straight away. Yeah. No mucking about. John hits that, that feedback note through the wire pedal. Yeah. And, uh, and then Flea starts playing. When Chad comes in, yeah. his, the beat, it's like, it reminds me of the Smells Like Teen Spirit intro beat. Oh, it is, yeah. It's very similar to that. And a flea, actually, Flea's um, sort of opening gambit reminds me of um, when we used to play My 98, which they play later on, don't they, actually? They do. Um, similar to that, just sort of, uh, sort of heavy driving bass line. It, it's, uh, it's great. I'd, I'd, I've put, it would be a great bass line for any song. It would grace any song, any album track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so Yeah, good. it's... It's, it's, I, I love that, and the jam that comes later on as well is also top notch. So you've got two instrumental sections in this show that are both brilliant. And John, so, sorry, go on. No, you go on. John is, um, is playing some held bends, big bends, and then some held bends. Uh, but as he is then playing like a little bit of a little repeating riff. Chad takes it up to another level. John starts speeding up, and Flea just slips so naturally into that slap and pop section. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's. I mean, uh, as a as a young man, I used to believe that these were just sort of pure improvisations. Obviously, now I appreciate that there's they know what they're doing here. You can't be this good. You can have a musical understanding with someone and and produce this kind of thing, but not as regularly and. as reliably as as they do, well, they, this is this this is rehearsed, but it still sounds fantastic. I'm not sure it's it's rehearsed rehearsed. I think maybe they just say, for example, right, we're going to go out. Um, yeah, can't stop is in E, so they might just say, yeah. right, we're going to go out, we're going to rock it on, we're going to rock something on E. It's going to be this kind yeah. of tempo. What I love about yeah. this, this jam as well is it, it's in and out. It's not one of those, sometimes they go on for too long. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it, um, yeah, maybe you're right. They just sort of set the parameters and, and because of their relationship, they can move around within those sort of set, the, the, the set parameters and produce quality. Yeah, I, I, I think, I genuinely think that's kind of more like what's, what's happening here. Yeah. Did you spot at the one twenty mark, one minute twenty mark? There's a little shy swan behind John's marshals. I didn't. What I did spot at one point, and I don't know whether it's once the song has begun, is that Chad points at someone. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. That's during "Can't Stop." I think I know who he's pointing okay. to. Yeah, what's going on now? We'll get to that. But um, but yeah, great length. Um, yeah, and then it leads into. As they come out of that, John's doing a little bit of pre-bends and, and things like that. No, a GTP, I've talked about this before. Very simply, a pre-bend is where you bend the string and then play it and then release it. So you start at a higher pitch and then you go to the lower pitch. Um, yeah, and It gives it that kind of wailing kind of noise just, yes, just before yeah. he goes into the, um, starts playing the, uh, the intro riff. And he, tidy, he tidies yeah. up his sound. That's what I've put. He goes from that that you know that overdriven sound um into a much cleaner sound for the um, yeah. for the uh for the kind of simple part of yeah. can't stop 
if you hadn't realised it already, it's at that point that you know what's about to come. Ah, oh, the crowd here are great as well. Mm, yeah, it's fantastic to see. It is it is pre mobile, so there's a there's a couple of digital cameras on show at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For it's, the most part, they're they're just paying attention. Yeah, it's pre cameras on your on your phones, isn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. It's not pre mobile. I think I had my Nokia. They're probably playing Snake. It's, no, it's not pre mobile, but it's pre it's pre decent camera. Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. right. Oh, um, Miles, pretty decent camera as well. Now, close. once um, once John hits that main riff of "Can't Stop," he goes into a, a, a more overdriven guitar sound. It, I love it. He goes from a really distorted sound in the in the intro in the in the jam to a clean sound in the build up. And once he hits that main riff, it changes again. He just keeps changing the kind of the texture of the guitar sound. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's um, it, it it's a great opener. It is a fantastic song, as we know, but. To, to hear it live performed to this level is an absolute pleasure. And once again, the Swan absolutely knocks it out of the park, I think. Yeah, he does throughout. And what strikes me, there are several things that strike me about the Swan. Um, the first being that his fringe is far too long. <laughs> his fringe is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't see what he's doing. Um, the second being that he is on such good form, that he, and he's got those. He's still got those nuances in his delivery. Like he's got the ability to deliver it as as you would expect, but then to change as well. And there's no there's no faltering, and there's no fault within any of his delivery. It's all brilliant. Yeah. So it, it is. I think as um, someone said to you on Twitter, it, it it it's staggeringly apparent how far he's dropped off in in the last fourteen years. I think that was drum ambassador uh, Jack Johnson on email. Jackie J. Yeah, yeah but it might it, have been. But, but it is. Well, it was. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and it, and it still is. He's absolutely right. Uh, the Swan is so confident here. It's, it's great. He sounds great. He knows he sounds good. His moves, yeah. his poses. It's, it's premium Swan. It's premium Swan. Premium fringe. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, he looks like um, uh, a, a, a person who. I can never remember the name of, so I'm not even going to go there, even though I already have. Go on, However, go on, I well, go, well, on. go there. Well, a female performer from a band, she's very famous, Chrissy Hine? Yes, Hine? yes, 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 yes. You're not the, fir- the the pretenders, yeah. You're not the first person to make that comparison, actually. No, yeah. so that's a bit... Uh, is she called Chrissy Hine or Chrissy Hind? Chrissy Hind, I believe. Hind, yeah. yeah. Actually, they- she does look... They came on the radio earlier on when um, we were making chocolate rice crispy cakes for our, our dear mother, me and Vanessa. They did um, yeah. stand, stand by you, I'll Stand By You and what a, what a tune. Yeah, he looks a bit like her, uh, which is, bit, I mean, why would you grow your fringe so long that you can't see what you're doing? Well, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you grow that moustache later on? Well, yeah, he's made some dubious decisions in his life, no doubt about that. But this is one of them. Um, yeah, well, I was going to say, looking at this, uh, what, what I was immediately struck by was Frashante in the band. We know he's going to leave. It, do you think it's in his thought process at any point that he has a feeling that this is the golden era? I, that's a difficult question to answer because obviously later on, after this tour, he is... There's still some quality. He's getting disillu- He gets disillusioned and, and then leaves, but... You know, just here at the start at the start of the intro, I think it is, or it might be the start of "Can't Stop." He walks 
he walks over to his side of the stage and he's kind of smiling at the the crowd and he just looks yeah, like yeah. a happy happy man he looks truly content and he's so into i just it. yeah oh he is and they all are we should say yeah absolutely um but i do feel that if he'd left when he left well he did leave when he left come back. <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> and hadn't come back he, you know, he legitimately could have overseen the the very golden period of the band between, you know, 90, 97, 98 through to when he left. That there stands a possibility, and I hope it's not the case. Mm. There does stand a, 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 there is a chance that when he does come back and whatever happens, their live shows aren't going to be this good. I think, um, I think you that, might be right. That, so it's not going to tarnish his, you know, his standing in the band or the history of the band, but he, he could have and legitimately was a part of the golden, you know, that golden era. And it really was a tremendous time. It, it truly was golden content from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It was golden content for a, a prolonged period. It certainly was. Now, let's get, so, let's get specific. And, oh, and it's what it. you were talking about. At 3 minutes 43 on this upload from yeah. Rafael Nunez, you can see Chad smiling at someone in the crowd. Now... Yeah, he's... he's he, but I would just like to say, throughout this song, he's extremely happy. He is. Well, he's, he's extremely happy throughout this whole gig. Yeah. Then, 10 seconds later, 3.53, he yeah. smiles again and points his... He acknowledges someone in the crowd with a quick point of the old drumstick. He does. Surely... That was Tom Pope. It must have been. It must have been. Must have been. Basically, I think what he was saying is, I'm not going to throw you a stick tonight, hmm. but I will throw you a stick another, at some point in the future. Another time. I, I had my yeah. eyes peeled for that cool bandana. Um, Tom also Tom put in his pictures of memorabilia. Yeah, that, that bandana is nice. I'm surprised you didn't ask for that. I, I, I didn't want to push my luck. No, I didn't ask. I didn't ask for anything. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> just, just to clear such the listeners, I, I wasn't going around Twitter begging for things. No, now, it's true. No, now that's true. Listen, listen also to halfway through the second chorus. Um, Flea plays an absolutely brilliant um, bass part. It's a four fifty three. He plays an ascending bass line that's not on the record, <laughs> and it kind of it it holds up the rest of the song and you kind of feel everyone waiting and then tipping over the edge and going into the second half of the chorus. It's such a genius yeah. bit of bass playing and the tempo doesn't change and the rest of the band are cracking on, but Flea plays it so skillfully that you feel like it's, yeah. it's holding the song up. It, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Well, I think, I think as a, as a sort of general point, all of the, um, the things they do within, within these songs, when they are performing at their absolute highest level, there's there's nothing that I that, that I really hear and think that they should have stuck to the record. It's great to see them doing different things. Okay. Oh right. Now we are going to come to a song later on where I wish they did stick to the record and don't do what they tend to do in live shows. But that's much oh, right. much later on. Much later on. Oh thank God. Now, um, yeah. I mean, have you got anything else to say? And. I when I watch these things, I, I I tend to watch them 
uh, in a, in just just focus on what I'm watching and try and take in as much as I can. But this, uh, I couldn't stop myself from my head and my body just began to move. And so it's fantastic stuff. It really is brilliant. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, I've got that on the bridge, John sticks with that staccato strumming rather than doing on the second half. Sometimes he switches to that kind of high warbly guitar sound, which is on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. he doesn't this time. He sticks with that. Um, he has got an undergarment on. It's yes, not, uh, yeah, no, can, uh, it, yes, yes. But we don't see that come off. No, it just sort of disappears. Yes, he, he, it's not, yeah, he clearly has an undergarment on. Um, he's good. You can, as, was, he, as was his way. He's you know, got long sleeves. Right, we need yeah. to watch this later on and see where that goes. But that I is have, an undergarment. I have got a swan watch. Go on. At the end of the song, the swan opens his waistcoat. Really? So he's already begun song one, and he's already started the process of taking his clothes off. Well, he's come. He's come onto the stage um, dressed, ready for a summer interview. Yeah, he he's expecting <clears throat> to conduct a, a face-to-face interview in a in a summer environment. I think that's fair enough. It worked out nicely for him because the first question from the interviewer was, uh, "Can you sing Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers?" Yeah. Can you still perform to your absolute maximum? And he said, absolutely, it's 2006, I can. Please don't ask me 14 years later. I can, I can and I will, but don't talk to me about this in 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to song number two. Oh, it's a belter. Right, it's Charlie. Oh, my word. Can I just say something about Charlie? If you, if you must. I must. It's a song which... It starts in one place, and then without really knowing how it happened, you end up at the end. Can I just make make a point there? Yes. A, that would have been more suited to the Charlie section of the show. Yeah. B, I'm, I'm sure you're well aware that you said that last week. I am. I said it multiple times after, after a few beverages. <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw it in now before we start. All right, then. Well, drink up. Oh, are you going to drink that 10% stout or not? No, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not. Ooh, bottle. I'm scared of it. Bottle. Yeah, I'm scared. Sam, scared. Sam was going to drink a stout and then saw that it was 10% and he's bottled it. Yeah, I, I completely bottled it. But I am drinking... Oh, we do the sponsor. Go on, why not? Um, we, not we nearly moved today's on. Today's show is brought to us by BrewDog. As so many have been in the recent past, they're a fantastic brewery. They produce my favourite beers and... Uh, I'm drinking Punk IPA, which is their sort of headliner out of all of their headliners, and it's it's delicious. So if you haven't tried it, go and get yourself some uh, Punk IPA. It's wonderful stuff. So much more than Charlie's waking Now, as we uh, came out of Charlie, my brother, my dear brother, Samuel Donovan Townsend, just announced, that's some premium juice. That is some premium juice, baby. Sam, do you care to elaborate on uh, what the premium juice means? What does it mean exactly to you? Exactly what that means. Well, Charlie's a great song. I agree. And that is a fantastic performance of a great song. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's a couple of songs uh, during this gig that I would describe as muscular. Yeah, that is is it's it's powerful stuff. Well, it really is. It, it really is. The whole band is powerful. Chad is huge. He's 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 monstrous on this. So good. Mm. Flea, I've put, I've got big powerful backing vocals all the way through from Flea. Yeah, Flea plays his part and it's just an example of how tight they were at, at that point. That at one stage, he sort of fills in for the swan at, so that the swan can get ready to come back in. Absolutely yeah. perfect analysis it's, there, Sam. It's seamless. Yeah. Seamless. Yeah, yeah. It is, in fact, when um, uh, coming out of uh, leading into verse two, uh, where the swan's going to say, everybody do the twist, get the message on Flea's fist. Flea yeah. just covers that last little bit of the line so the swan can grab just, a breath. Yeah, it's only one, it's only one, like two or three words. It's, yeah. it, it's incredible stuff. And it's all within, within the, the context of a fast moving steam train of a song. Yeah, it is a steam train of a song. Great stuff. So, yeah, it's great. And John's, we didn't really mention John's backings on Can't Stop, which again can happen when you're chatting live, but they were brilliant. But during this song, obviously, they are. Top, top notch. Well, yeah, I mean, on, on, the, um, on verse three, well, all the way through, he's great. Um, he yes. does some perfect octave falsettos um, on the second verse when I pick up on that smell. Yeah. He's oh, so it's, good. It's, it's amazing. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't have, he couldn't have recorded it better. And then, they, are, they are perfect takes. Then when he gets to verse three... He's doing falsetto going down then into his normal voice, switching between yeah. them. And yeah, it, it yeah. sounds so good. And he comes in a bit late, actually. It almost looks like he missed the first, he missed his point on the first one. Um, but but like, like you say, once he's, once he's back in, he's, he's mixing it right up. Well, he's, he, and then he, he, he did say go on. that he was talking about the guitars, but there's a lot of intricate backing vocals on stadium as well. And he said it yeah, was difficult oh, yeah, to yeah. recreate that live. But he's doing a, he's having a bloody good stab at it. Oh mate, he's doing a fantastic job. And then there's there's a, a time later on in the song where he does deviate from the from the album slightly and delivers it in a, a slightly different way as his falsetto backing vocal. But it sounds brilliant. It, it just to me, I don't know if it is the same or not, but it, he just seems to deliver it slightly fuller and slightly longer. Well, the good the thing about Fushanto is. He's just such a naturally gifted singer as well that he doesn't need to stick to anything pre-planned in his guitar playing no. or in his backing vocals. He'll he'll no. he knows, you know, you know that when he opens his mouth to sing a backing vocal, whatever he's, yeah. whatever whatever noise he produces is going to sound good. It's going to be good, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's if it, it, like like we say, it's a staggering performance from everyone, but. John really stands out here purely because of those vocals. I mean, the Swans doing wonderful work as well. Excuse me, it's the old, uh, it's the old gas, gassy. The Swans, the, the Swans performing admirably throughout all of this. And there's there are there are subtleties to his vocal delivery within this song that me that really that could you know could highlight any you know any shortcomings, but I don't think there are any really. The whole thing is is really good. The only, if I was going to pick a bone with the Swan's vocal performance, it's the last line he sings and he holds the note. It's a little bit yeah. dubious. It's a little bit dubious. Well, I think I think you're absolutely spot on because I spotted that as well. He he should be holding that for longer. A, 
and he should be singing it in tune, B. But yeah. apart from that, it, it was bang on. Yeah, well, yeah, apart from all that. Now, yeah. time code time, Chad Smith time, Chad the Myth Smith. At 10 yes. 10.06, you see Chad wink at, at, at someone in the crowd, same direction, <laughs> and then he does a cymbal flourish, as if to say, hey, look at me, with his little cheeky cymbal flourish. Well, did I, did I at one point see him throw a stick out as well? Difficult to tell. I, I, yeah, he did it. The thing with the myth is he does it all so smoothly that you can't always pick up on it. Well, you say the, the myth does things smoothly. Smoothly? Uh, at nine Smooth. at nine twenty six, he does the least convincing stick toss I've ever seen in my life. Oh, right. He goes yeah, for a single. Well, he goes for a single rotationer and nearly drops it. <laughs> well, that can happen to anyone. Yeah, he's very sure. busy during this song. He should be focused on what he's doing. And actually, that that reminds me of something that I thought about Flea. You know, Flea quite often moves around a lot and dances, prances around. Towards the end of this song, he's rooted to the spot. He's focused on what he's doing. He can't afford to 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 really. He's still like well into it, but he is having to put his all into playing that that baseline because it's it is extremely taxing. Well, sometimes on the on the, when the flea is getting into it, concentrating, he might be rooted to the spot, but he's got a bit of a body sway going on. Hello, the house ambassador's yeah. just walked in. I've got a clo- I've got a swan watch. Go on. Um, during when <laughs> I'm, I'm flustered, uh, John goes into the the outro solo, and the swan starts and um, uh, takes his tie off. Yes, he does remove his tie towards the end of the song. That's right. And then he starts undoing his shirt. I can, I can still hear yeah. the house ambassador outside the door giggling. Um, at the at the end of the song, well, by the next song, he's got no shirt on at all. Uh, and I've also written Chad dominated. Yes, there's no doubt that Chad did a great job throughout. Now, here comes, next song is a song that I'm not particularly keen on, but it's a muscular performance. Some claim to have the fortitude, too shrewd to blow the interlude, sustaining pain to set the mood, step out to be Tell Me Baby. Sam, we come out of Tell Me Baby and um, do just have to say that we are recording remotely still because we're still in lockdown in, in uh, England. That's um, correct. But I've noticed that your voice is smooth, luscious, silky. What are you recording through? Well, I, as I said before, I purchased myself a Blue Yeti. It's a lovely microphone. I'm not totally convinced we're getting the best out of it with our during you know our current setup, but uh, going forward, hopefully we, we'll be able to. Well, we are broadcasting over the virtual airwaves. We are, yes. Yeah, that's the the world we live in at the moment. I'm happy to say that you sound like liquid silk. Uh, yeah, I, I I appreciate that, but I, I don't feel it when I listen to the the the, the actual podcast itself. Okay, now at the start of Tell Me Baby, I think Flea tells a big lie. Yeah, I think he does as well. Now, you'll notice, um, he says that he knows the song, but they don't know the song. Yeah, if you look at the time code at 1248 on uh, Rafael Nunez's upload, there's clearly somebody singing the chorus. 
and it's the first line of the first chorus. So he must have heard the song before. An audience. No, this member. isn't this isn't the only song off Stadium that they play. This is a post-release. No, this it's post-release for some of them, but it's pre-release for some of them. Uh, the single for "Tell Me, Baby" was released on July the seventeenth, right. but this gig was on May the 9th, two thousand six. So before "Tell Me, Baby" came out, when was the album released? What? So do you think it's before the album came out? And that's the only way this can make any on, sense. Hang Yeah, but Flea says they don't know the song. Yeah. Right, hang on. We'll double check. We'll just pause. Okay, we're back. Now, Stadium Arcadium was released on May the 9th, and this gig was in on April the 29th, 2006. So how does that guy know the, the words to Tell Me Baby? It, it very much depends at what point in the song you see him singing along. If it's during the chorus, then... Well, no, it, anyone can pick that no, up. No, it, it is during the chorus, but if it, it's during, no, if it's no, during no. one of the rap sections, then it's most impressive. It is during the chorus, but it's the first line of the first chorus. Yeah, well, who knows? But there's no doubt that this show took place before the release of the album. If anyone out there knows the higher powers, uh, know how this guy in the crowd might have known the words to "Tell Me, Baby" before the single or album was released, let us know. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, performance-wise, what did you make of it? Uh, I thought it was great. I don't really like this song, but this was... It was great. It, everyone's on... Everyone is... It's so powerful. I, th- I feel the tempo's a bit quicker. It's got really yeah. big sound. The swan sounds great again. Flea and Chad are great. John, John's performance, actually, on this one isn't one of my favourites. Um, I don't really like the, guitar, the, you know, the main guitar solo, the second solo. It's no. kind of hit or miss for me. It's it's so so. Um, His backing vocals are pretty tasty. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Flea is massive. It's a really great kind of showcase for a slap and pop style of bass playing, the old style Flea playing, mm-hmm. if you like. What do you make of it? Yeah, as you say, I think it's a it's a, a fine example of this song. It's it, on the album. It's not a great song. It's Although it was a single, I I don't I, I don't actually as time goes by I I tend to like it more only because we played it didn't we so oh we played it but it, I felt I I I didn't enjoy playing it particularly I think it was no really I, 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 I actually yeah I enjoyed performing it because the swans part is quite varied doesn't and there's those nice rap sections yeah it, it is decent. But I, I still feel um, that it it should by no means have been a single. There's better, there's far better songs on the album. Not to delve too deep into the actual structure of the song, because we'll do that on Stadium Arcadian Part 2, but those rap sections um, are great. They're the, best yeah. bit, they're the best bit of the song. It's like in Minor Thing, when it it changes up into a rappy section. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it's... Um, you know, it's the swan going back to his his roots. He's you know traditionally came from that rap background, as we know, and he delivers them flawlessly. It, it, again, we, we've said it before. It's it, this is great Anthony work. It's two thousand and six. He's bloody spot on. He still looks brilliant as well. Like physically, he looks top of the range. He's physically sensational. Um, there's there's one point where you can see a fan 
just over his right shoulder when they're, when they're coming in from behind him. And she is transfixed, transfixed by the swan. Mate, there's a point later on in this gig, I'll bring it up at the time, where he looks so sexy, so muscular and animal-like. But he's making such yeah. feminine noises. <laughs> we'll- so much like Chrissy Hine. <laughs> yes. We'll get there. Did you notice that just before the song kicked in, Flea climbs up onto his base cabinets and jumps off? Yeah, he, it, was like, he, it was like an aborted mission. He, he, climbed, <laughs> he got on and immediately got off again. Yeah. Maybe he realised yeah. he's got to switch a pedal on or something. I think he must have realised they were about to play a song and uh, climbing on the equipment was... Foolish. Rash, rash, foolish. Now, did you also notice yeah. that um, after the first solo, where John goes up in octaves, um, he puts his delay uh, pedal on for that, and he forgets to take it off. And so he, I did not. Yeah, he plays, then plays the, that verse following the first solo with the delay on, and it's only during the rap section where he notices that he's left it on, and he goes over and turns it back off. Uh, right. Yeah, well... <laughs> There's, there's, the Swan did it earlier. If he got hit, like he started getting into it so much that then he made a, a mistake on the lyrics, and that's the thing, isn't it? When you're playing, when you are playing live, you can afford a certain amount of commitment and enjoyment, but what you can't afford to do is get so overly involved that you forget what you're doing, mm. and that's a fine line. Or as we used to do, get so overly drunk that you don't know where you are and you're seeing double. Yeah, well, that, that's a separate, that's a different risk. <laughs> it yeah. was. I've said it before and I'll say it again. That time, Equally real. That time that we were playing, and I looked down to turn the Wawa pedal on for uh, a bit in Danny, California, and I, had, I could see two Wawa pedals, and I just had, yeah. to, just had to chance it. <laughs> which one was, which which one one was, was real. the real one? <laughs> yeah. But I got Indeed. it right. Got it right. It was a fifty-fifty. But no, yeah, I think, and I think that's where the Swan does sometimes come unstuck is when he when he starts doing his, you know, getting physically involved. He he makes those lyrical mistakes, I particularly during this period when he was more reliable than he is now. Now, the, but the thing is, you know, he does have his lyrical prompts on his um, on his fallback speakers, but he yeah. can't, how does he see them? He's got his Chrissy Hind hair in the way. Exactly, he's got his fringe in the way. So yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't notice him uh, muck up the vocals earlier on. Was that a different song? Yeah, not not during this song, but during um, the during "Can't Stop." He made a couple of like minor mistakes. Nothing like we see these days, where he gets completely lost. But just a couple of like minor errors. And uh, but but like I say, most of those things at this at, during this era come from him getting so you know. More, more involved in in the songs, and that's what used to happen to me. That's when I used to make make mistakes as well. As soon as you stop focusing on, you know, it, it's like if you're playing the guitar and you stop focusing on your guitar part, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah, interestingly, I find this may I say interestingly that's a that's a bold a bold choice of words. Let's, let's wait and see. Yeah, we? it's if you're not paying enough attention, or if you pay too much attention. I find that mm. when I start when I'm playing live. If I'm not thinking about it at all, it's normally fine. Um, <coughs> but if I if I start thinking about what I'm playing, because a lot of playing the guitar live is muscle memory, and you just you're doing the same thing you've done a lot of times before. Once yeah, you start thinking about where you, what your fingers are meant to be doing, you're in yeah. you're in big trouble. I've played the, the guitar solo for the one I love by REM hundreds of times. Well, love 
live in different bands. And um, I've never once fucked it up. And I, I, and I thought to myself once, where was I? Might have been, might have been in Tudor Rose in Romsey. And I was playing and I thought, I've never got this wrong ever. So I've got nothing to worry about. As soon as I thought that in my head, bosh, my fingers stopped working. Yeah, exactly. That, that's it. You, you just need to be in, in that zone which works for you. Yeah, there's a nice middle ground between, between not underthinking and not overthinking it. Yeah, exactly. And it, it can happen to anyone. But what you must do is, is remain in that zone. Yeah, it's those signature parts. Because um, a lot of stuff that I play if I'm playing guitar solo, I'll just... I'll know roughly where I am. Like John does a lot of time. You, you know what key you're in, you know kind yeah. of what you're going to do, and it doesn't matter if you... Because you're kind of improvise, semi-improvising or improvising it. You can do, yeah. Whereas yeah. those signature guitar lines that everybody knows and expect to hear... Yeah. Like the one I love solo. Yeah, he fuck it up if you start overthinking it. Right. The pressure's on. The pressure was Anyway. anyway. I, don't, I don't see what any of that's got to do with Tell Me Baby. Well, no, this is... Uh, that was a quick uh, REM and Nissing, the REM podcast. Yeah, that, that was a quick live breakdown. <laughs> okay. Of a song by REM. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But let, I mean, let's just polish off Tell Me Baby, because as we say, it's not one of our favourites. But like you say, it, this, it, this was a... a a great performance. Yeah. I, of a, I, I, of a, a possibly great, under, underappreciated song. I don't think it's underappreciated. I think it's overappreciated. I think it's a great performance yeah. of an average song. Average at best. Average at best. Yes. Yeah, I would... If we were doing the Potatoes scale, as it's now yeah. known, it would be yeah. in... Ooh, meh at best. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think you're right, actually. You can't but, you can't but, put it in shit, can you? No, oh no, definitely not. I, I, and I, I do I do firmly believe that on the basis of this, this live performance, John is on fire. I love the way he holds his final note into or his penultimate note into the final note. Yes, yes, yes. But yes, I, yes. I don't like the way this song ends. There are two or three songs on Stadium that end in this way. And I, and I don't like it, but we'll get into that later. Absolutely. At the end of the song, Flea and um, the Myth just catch each other's eye, and uh, that's quite nice as well. Yeah, those, those moments are obviously very precious. Right, and the next one is Emily. Yes. Okay. Which is, which is lovely, actually. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's watch it and then talk about it. Okay. I have to say, Sam, um, that man's got a future. What a be- what a beautiful, beautiful voice John Frusciante has mm. when he's singing that kind of song on his own. It's great when he does this kind of thing. I, what I liked about it as well, before, before we get into it, is when he, he sort of says to the swan, can I take the next one? Yeah, I know. What if the swan said no? I know, the swan goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, you know... Surely they plan these things to a certain extent, don't they? Yeah, I imagine so. I imagine they plan that at some point around these three songs, John's going to There's sing a song or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's nice to see that, that kind of interaction and just seems off the cuff, which is nice. I, I got full body goosebumps during listening to it yeah. at that time. I mean, I, I've had it's... now four beers since we started recording. I'm on my fifth. Sure. And, you know... That's going to have some starting kind to of... Get, starting to get the, the feels. Starting to get the feels, if you will. 
Um, now, yeah. it's actually, um, the, the full title of the song is For Emily, Whenever I, Whenever I May Find Her by Simon and Garfunkel. Right, right. Um, and it's from their third album, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary and Time, from 66. Um, mm. On the album, it's just a 12-string, Paul Simon playing a 12-string, Art Garfunkel doing the singing. There's, art. No, there's no backing That's from... Yeah. Do you call him Art? No. I do call him Art, yeah. Art Garfunkel. That's his name. That's fair enough. <laughs> that man could sing. He still can. He's not dead, is he? Oh, uh, well, no. Doesn't, not physically. Doesn't necessarily mean he can still sing. <laughs> no, not physically, but artistically, he's been, he's been in the wilderness for some time. He's moribund. Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope, yeah. I hope the, um, the Art Garfunkel podcast isn't listening to this. As soon as he broke ranks with, with Simon, it went wrong for Garfunkel. That was his biggest mistake. You are it was. You're allied to one of the most gifted musicians, songwriters, lyric writers this, mm. this, uh, this race of humans has ever seen. Well, certainly, yeah. I mean, obvious generation might have been an understatement. Well, yeah, but I just think Paul Simon is a, a, an absolute poet. Yeah, he's fantastic. And Garfunkel was, was lucky to have him. Yeah, I completely agree. But Paul Simon doesn't sing any backing vocals on this song, on the record. No. Um, no. It was released as a single in 72 to promote their Greatest Hits album. Well, I, I, I'll be blatantly honest with you. I've never heard it until, <laughs> until, um, <laughs> until, I, until John sang it to me. Nor I, that, had, nor I had obviously heard it prior to watching this show for tonight. Um, and it was... When John does these solo performances, it's great. And obviously, um, the most famous of which is uh, Slane. Well, um, certainly the most famous amongst us. Yeah. But this, this is a different, slightly different kettle of fish. It's a, well, Art Garfunkel himself said he considered this one of the hardest Simon and Garfunkel songs to sing. Yeah, yeah. And, there's a lot to it. And it really does... You hear John in all his glory and in all his different ranges. Hmm, you certainly do. That, that His kind of low, natural speaking voice singing, I, lo- I just love yeah. that. It's gorgeous, yeah. yeah. I could, I and could... He, do- he, he does deliver one of his trademark roars. I could live without that, to be honest, on this song. I know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying. Um, and I, it's not one of his best, but... When you when you deliver a vocal like that, and when John does it, it's so fully committed. Yeah, sometimes it comes out absolutely perfectly, and sometimes it doesn't quite hit the mark. And he is actually able to adjust it mid roar, which is quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I agree with what you're saying. I just don't think it suits this particular song. Doesn't quite fit. No, no. I know what you're saying because there there, there is actually enough. Um, variety and and nuance within the song anyway and and the build-up is so well judged that the roar almost is out of place anyway yeah i agree i agree anyway a lovely performance overall and oh absolutely lovely i mean i'm i'm in a we're both for reasons we won't go into in in heightened state of emotion at the moment and I will admit that while I listened to that, it brought a tear to my eye. I admire your honesty. Thank you. <laughs> now, did you notice that um, during that, the swan 
had a little wave at someone. Did he? I did notice he, he was just, rather than, sometimes he just sort of wanders off, doesn't he, and disappears during these sections. But he was actually stood there and, and watching John, which was nice. Yeah, and waving at someone. Now, I think it might have been the beautiful and talented, the beautiful and talented Angelo. It might have been. It might have been a, a young lady in the audience. With, give, that, give that girl a T-shirt back. Yeah. She's freezing. Exactly. She's, she's, yeah, he, he does like to look out for the audience. He, you know, not as much as Veda. I've never known. Obviously, Pearl Jam was struck down by tragedy. Hmm. Tragedy. Um, tragedy. 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 Uh, yeah, I was trying to say it. You sounded American when you said that, but tragedy. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Tragedy. Go on. <laughs> well, they they suffered the, the the you know the the hell of of, of, of two, two I believe two members of their audience being killed. Mm. Um, it's affected them greatly. They talk about it often. And they're yes. very close with the with the families involved. Really, but it's nice that. to see. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to see the Swan. You know, looking after. He's not doing it here. I mean, it's a totally different gig. But it's nice that he does do that, and a lot of bands do, don't they? Because let's be honest, the crush at the front of a gig is intense. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's scary, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah, especially it can be. If, you're, if you're up against the. Um, if you lucky, but if you get to the front, if you're up against the barriers, you've essentially got a hundred thousand people sometimes behind you, all pushing forward, all squishing you. Yeah, I, I mean, my my days at the front are long gone, but uh, hmm. you know, it's now, dangerous over there. Lovely stuff, anyway. So, shall yeah, we move? Look on? after each other. That's all we'll say. That's you well, know, that's what we say. Yeah, well, we do say that, and we will also say be kind at the moment. Mm. Now, well, and always. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now, like two sweet peas. Desperately trying to move on, aren't you? But uh. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, try to get past uh, for Emily. I'm going to have to go back on the page to see what it's called. Whenever I may find her. Anything yeah. else you want to say about Emily? No. Okay. Well, we shall move on. Like two sweet yes. peas in an even sweeter pod. Oh, I tell you, if you want to see high octane, this is it. Coming out of me and my friends at full, not only full volume, but um, maximum capacity. Seizure, yes, seizure inducing camera work. That often happens during these shows. I, I don't know why. I, I, I'd much rather just have one camera so I can watch the whole band. Yeah, but th- th- this one goes much into the uh, live at Moscow, live at Red Square approach to film. I think there might be a gap in the market there, actually, of, of, of a production company that doesn't doesn't do all these ridiculously fast cuts. Yeah, doesn't. Let, let me doesn't. just watch the band. The reason I'm watching this video is because I like the band. Yeah, it doesn't whip pan and, and crash zoom every single shot. Yeah, doesn't. I don't need that shit. I'm 38. Yeah, well, right, I thought you were older. No, no, no. If anything, I'm younger. Dear me. Yeah. Should we, um, should we, for the purposes of the podcast, pretend we're 10 years younger than we are to, so we can st- keep yeah. up with the youth market? 
Exactly. Well, you're we're, a, we're very. You're a, a fine, a fine-looking twenty-eight-year-old. I, I am. Cool. And you, you, you look absolutely fantastic, a man of. Uh, Go on. 32. 32, he's got <laughs> Well done. <laughs> drop that shit, Holmes, says the swan to the flea. And the flea does drop it. He does. He does, yeah. The flea, what does the flea say at the, before he starts? Oh, yeah, he says, there's a lot of lights up there. We've got a lot of lights because we're a big, rich rock band. Yeah, classic. There's a lot of lights. Classic flea uh, gibberish. Yeah, yeah. It's a great, and then, yeah. it's a great big sound, this song. It's mega. It's you very, know, very it's, tight as well. It's it's an anthem, isn't it? And there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I, I, it's as tight as a tiger. It is. Just how tight is a tiger? Very tight. Did you know, I learned today, that if you shaved a tiger, it still has its stripes on its skin? Yeah, I did know that. Hmm. When did you shave yeah. a tiger then? Oh, God, back in... Well, I was born in 81. I think I shaved my no, first no, tiger. No, 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 no. Yeah, you were born in 91. I was born in I was born in ninety one. I think I my first first tiger in ninety five. Yeah, so you were four. Yeah. Now they look into that's, some, that's quite normal, isn't it? What shaving a tiger with a four year old? Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, yeah. Drop drop. Obviously, us, we released it back into the wild. Yeah. Well, fully fully shaved. Drop us a line, yeah. uh, Ben Townsend at hotmail dot com. If you shaved a tiger when you were four. Yeah, we're not expecting too many calls. No, well, no calls. I haven't given out my number. Um, <laughs> a super tight, a super tight song all the way through this one. Um, it's not one of my favourites, but you're right. It is an anthem, and you every time I've seen the Chilies, I think they've played it. Yeah, you say muscular. This is muscular. This is muscular. This is muscular. There's there's several things that happen during this song. Not least when the Swan starts to stir it up. Oh, he rubs that circle. Yeah, he rubs that circle big way. But there is actually there's a there's a moment just before um, the bridge where John almost he goes to raise his hand. You know, he almost loses himself in the in the moment, and then realizes that he's got to pull back. Yeah, I've got that written down. This is a lot of classic John arm holding up in the air like he's. Um... He goes to do it, but then he, he has to pull back because he's he's back he's due back in. But yeah, he, he's got to get back in there. And there's quite a lot of this song yeah. where there's there are some ebbs and flows in it, and it gives John time yeah. to do a bit of the old classic classic well, John. I mean, yeah, we don't see it to the to the extent that we saw it. Uh, you know, we see it in other songs. This is a fast moving freight train of a song. Wow, that's your second train analogy. So far, we've had a steam train and a freight train. Uh, what other trains are there? Uh, diesel train? Yeah. Well, you've, seen, you've seen Starlight Express as many times. We've both seen Starlight Express at least 10 times. We have, yeah. So, yeah, you've got the electric train, um, Electra, the diesel train, Greaseball, the steam train, Rusty, that was you. That was me, yeah, yeah. When we were, this is, this is going to a little bit of family history, shall we? Why not? When we were you know, when we were younger, this is an, an insight into thea- the theatrical life of the Townsends. We'd been to see Starlight Express a number of times, and it, it gripped our family. Uh, mm. it, it meant driving from Southampton, well, Hythe, where we lived, to London and, and back each time. We saw Starlight a Express. Long way. Saw Starlight Express ten to twelve times, and yeah, myself. Yeah. myself Sam and the middle brother, who will remain unnamed because he's a deeply private person, 
Yes. We put on lounge shows, living room shows of Starlight Express, didn't we? In yes. in roller skates, we made full costumes for for ourselves, and we mind- well, I couldn't skate, of course, so no. I was on first. You were a runner. You were a runner. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but honestly, um, the original cast recording of Starlight Express is well worth a listen. I would say. Oh, without a doubt, yeah, yeah, fantastic. There are pictures somewhere. If you want to see it live these days, you have to go to Germany. Yeah, or t- or time travel back to the yeah, Apo- back to the that. Apollo Victoria. I was going to say Germany is your best bet, but it's probably not. You're probably better off trying to build a time machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Unless um, you live in Germany. Even then, if you want to see the proper, if you want to see the original version, which was the best version, you're going to need a time machine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, we've had our, our flights for the summer officially cancelled now. Oh, dear. Yeah, our Pearl, Jam, our Pearl Jam extravaganza that was due to happen at the end of uh, June is, is gone. That is a shame, and my concern, I've got nothing particular planned until December when we're going up to see the Moscone Cup in at the. Oh, you should be Palace. fine by then. Hopefully. Well, you hope so, but if there's if there's not a va- anyway, we're, we're digressing. Um, yeah, uh, me and my friends, lovely, but you know. <laughs> no, I, I I actually enjoyed it more than normal uh, on this performance. Everyone's absolutely loving it. The flea, the swan, the John, the myth—they're yeah, all, all on top, top form. All of them. I did think we should have a T-shirt made um, that has the nicknames on the back, so we can have the the flea, <laughs> the swan, um, John Anthony motherfucking Fushante, and the myth. Yeah, we'll get those. Get those made. Yeah. Okay. Look, the next song is awesome. So should we move on? Yeah, you're, you're gagging to move on. I can see. Yes, once again. I've got, to that, I've got to that point in the conversation where it was like Emily, where I'm just ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it. Do it. Papa was a copper and a mama was a hippie In Alabama she was swing a hammer Price you gotta pay when you break the panorama She never knew that there was anything more than gold Now before we go into talking about the song too much uh, Danny California I'm, I do need to say this If I was in the position to or needed to have Or had the money to have a belly button reconstructive surgery I, I would ask for a Frusciante. Oh, really? His belly button You're is... You're a big fan of his belly button. Absolutely. Watch that video. There's quite a lot of focus on his uh, tummy button. It's fantastically tight. You never know. It could, it could happen for you. It's a dream of mine. Because <laughs> I, while, I yeah. watch, while I was watching that video, I was looking at John's tummy button. I, I, I lifted up the T-shirt and I look at mine. They're, they're worlds apart. Literally. Oh, man, that's a shame. John's smooth as an eel. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, he's a lucky man in that respect, I guess. Now, belly button chat aside, what did you make of that? There's no doubt it's a good song. Uh, it's a great performance. Yeah. Every, you know, it's what I did enjoy about it is I was able to watch it without being flustered by the... The camera work. Yeah, new cameraman. He is, instead of being from the early 90s, 
he's from the 1970s. Yeah, but it's a song as well which lends itself to that. I think it's more of a classic 70s rock groove in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right there, mate. For a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. What a song. What a song, what performance. They're not really moving that much. They're just playing four guys, having a good time, well, in, playing a great song. Yeah, in between this song, I think Flea says um, just two guys, a couple of guys, doesn't he? Yeah. It doesn't. And Chad gives him the old four fingers to say, hang on. It's four guys here, man. Four guys here. Learn to count, Flea. Flea. You can, you can tell the crowd know it. Um, yeah, they do. There's one guy particularly at the front who's singing along quite, quite, uh, vis- quite strongly. Vociferously. Vociferously, so to speak. Chad's doing some nice embellishments on this one. Chad is great on this song. He's great all through this gig. Um, have a look at verse two on, on 23 minutes, 25 seconds, and he does a stop on the hi-hat. It's, it's beautiful. It's classic. Great myth. timing from the myth. Classic yeah. myth. He's got that, you know, he's got that in his locker. Now, John um, here is reacting to the myth, I feel, leading into that outro guitar solo, because the swan, uh, the, the myth plays the mother and father of all drum rolls into the guitar solo. It's so good. Oh, okay. And, and John's guitar sound, he's playing through that Boss DS2. He's playing the solo with lots of trills in, as opposed to the album version. It's absolutely amazing. Mm. It's such a good song. Such a good song. And it's such a great version of it. It is. Yeah, it is. They're they're, they're performing extremely well at this stage, no doubt about it. And it's it's great to see. It really is. And then, of course, they go into the All Along the Watchtower jam at the end. Yeah, which I was thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, well, it's it's another demonstration of just how good they are at uh, Flea and John and uh, Chad are at naturally evolving a jam because maybe mm. maybe they've done this a few times before. Who knows? But John comes in and is it, John finishes and he's playing he's playing the solo because Flea starts dropping in the uh, the all along the Watchtower uh, kind of bass line. John yeah. is playing a big yeah. big solo over the top of it. John calms himself down. And then Flea just naturally yeah, takes, Flea over, takes and, over and John switches to chords. And John also turns yeah. his guitar volume down to allow mm. Flea to cut through more. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's brilliant. It's just, for those reasons, it's brilliant. And then Chad, when, they do, when it does drop out at the end, Chad drops out but then comes back in just to, just to finish it off. And that's... That's nice. There's, this jam, as you say, I, I think this jam perfectly demonstrates why we love the, the the jams that they do, because it starts off as a major solo effort from Fashante, yeah. switches to Flea, yeah. then they, you know, and then they just bring it to a, a lovely close. Yeah, and what I really, and then all the while the myths in the background making it happen. Absolutely, and what I, that last chord as well, um, during that all along the Watchtower section. Danny California ends on a D. Flea starts playing the bass line. He's playing the root notes, so it's just a D. It's neither a D minor or a D major. But when John comes in and he's playing it all along the watchtower, it does start on a minor chord, so he, John's playing D minor. He's, mm. play, he's playing um, 
D minor, C, B flat, C, round and round and round and round. But for the last chord, he switches from the minor to the major and it's so it's so uplifting. It reminds me of the end of Warped where you've had that huge section, a very dark section, but then it suddenly lightens up at the end. And it's a, mm. it's a, it's a, all he's doing is matching the last chord of Danny. But the fact that they've been playing through like a, a minor a minor key riff, minor key chord structure, turnaround, and then they go back to the major. It, I love it. I absolutely love it. Mm. Yeah, it's effective. It's very effective. Anyway, that's chord structure section. Yes, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay, well, what's next on the agenda? Well, you're not going to believe it. It's only bloody scar tissue. <laughs> oh, you love this one. <laughs> Out of Scar Tissue, a song that I have gone on record as saying is my favourite Red Hot Chili Pepper song of all time. You do like that one? I, I love a bit of Scar Tissue, mate. It was, that was very, very good. Mm, yeah, I think there are, you could make a fairly strong argument to say that that's better than Slain. No, I couldn't. No, I'm afraid, no. I'm afraid I couldn't. We'll, we'll, well t- I'll tell you what, the swan doesn't put a foot wrong there. Not a foot wrong. No, there's there's many reasons. Actually, you're right. There are reasons why you could, because the Swan is great. Um, the it, Swan is absolutely on fire during that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The the mix is great here. Yeah, the mix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the, the, the bass is lovely and prominent. You can really hear and see. The, the Flea plays so much high stuff during the solos. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's a great. Um, it's a great exhibition of that hmm? it's a great it's a great exhibition of, of Flea's playing during this song and but also the way that him and John interact and complement each other you know John does a lot of just sort of strumming patterns while Flea's doing all of his heavy work and that is showcased for a live performance very strongly here yeah what well, you're right the uh, a real uh, a real demonstration of that is the first guitar solo section and this is one of the times when John doesn't play a guitar solo. He just strum, he just keeps playing the, um, the backing chords. Yeah. And I love it when he does that because it, it gives yeah. you the opportunity that when they step back up into, um, into the next verse, you get that lovely stagger step up. Bow, bow, bow. D minor. Yeah, exactly. E, yeah, F, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's so nice to see that. Yeah, it, it is. And the myth is, uh, as always, in the background. I, I love the the drum part of Scar Tissue. It's so sympathetic to the to the instrumental parts. It's so well suited to everything that's going on. And it, it doesn't just sink into the background in, in, in a way that you might expect. It does hold its own. And I, I, it's always been one of my favourite parts. It's one of the only drum parts I can play all the way through. Really? And I love it. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Not this version, surely? Not, the, not necessarily this version, but the album version. I, 
I used to be able to play all the way through. Yeah, there's there's, there's there's you know there's huge differences between the album version and this version. The, the, um, but there are. Chad does on that last solo. He does the massive snare roll into the second half yes. of the outro solo. John doesn't yeah. respond to it in quite the way he does it at Slane. But um, no. In in fact, that's one of my least favorite parts of this song is those solos John are playing are played through. It sounds like he's playing the wah pedal and he's got it toe forward, so they're very, very trebly. Even though he's on the yeah, bass yeah, pickup, yeah. he's on the neck pickup, the bass pickup of the strat. They're just a bit thin for me. Um, yeah, that's all personal yeah. preference. No, I know what you're saying. It is, it is obviously slightly different to what we see on Slain. I do like the kind of uh, the repeated version of the second solo. is slightly different. It almost um, it just sort of rides that wave. That's how I felt. Yeah, on the, on the guitar. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not anti any of of what he's doing here. It's just a, the guitar just sounds a little bit thin for my taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No fair play. Fair picky, play. picky bastard. Well, that's what they call you, isn't it? Picky bastard. Picky. Well, they call me picky, picky bastard. It's a TV series, isn't it? That's what. And that's Picky Blinders. Yeah, I'm, I'm picky bastards. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you're going to once a fortnight generate Red Hot Chili Peppers golden content, you will have to talk about the slightly thin guitar solo tone on Scar Tissue at. Um, live Alcatraz in 2006. You're going to have to. That's the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> going to have to do that. That's the way it is. Now, this is, though, a masterclass of Frusciante backing vocals on the, uh, on the choruses. And on the fourth... It is. On the fourth chorus, at approximately 31.15, yes. he sings it in his lovely, natural voice. And he doesn't often... Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice. It's a, it's a lovely facility. Yeah. I mean, that natural sound that he produces is. I, I said it last week. I think I, I I can't. I think he's. I mean, I can't think of any other singer that can produce that sound, but also have so many different sounds and, and within their range and and so much range. He's he is truly unique. I think. Well, yes, yes. I don't think you need and to. No. Well, no, he is unique. He, every single human being is unique. <laughs> <laughs> and you, don't, you never need to preface the word unique with any other word. No, that's true. Um, but yes, John Frusciante is unique. I, I completely agree yeah. with you. Um, I would say, yeah, he's got a lovely range. If I was going to pick a better range yeah. singer, I'd pick Freddie Mercury. But he was the lead singer. I think exactly. We, we've often said um, Mike Mills, Mario is yes. a great backing singer. Um, Nuno Bettencourt I think, I is think, another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think if I was going to choose the best lead vocalist, I would, I would probably go for Freddie. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So would I. H- hell of a range. A, oh, an unbelievable range. And, and an unbelievable capacity to deliver his range with a consistent quality. Uh, lovely, mm. lovely ending with uh, Chad. Because there's like a double ending to this one. It finishes and then there's, they hold the notes for a bit and then Chad just gives a huge outro drumming. Yes, oh, yeah. I, I don't know about you, but did you automatically say, hello, Island? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello, Island. Welcome to Slane. 
Because it's similar enough, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, it is great. I said it. Well, I said it on the exercise bike, then I started clapping. Yeah, then you expected it to go directly into Around the World, but it didn't. Oh, yeah, then I, well, just then I made the noise. Ding. <laughs> okay, now, look, we are going let, to, well, let's step, 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 let's step back in time, Slane-wise, and go to By The Way, the previous song to Scar Tissue at Slane. It's very, very unusual to do this, but we will. We will. Okay, you ready? We're stepping back in time. Do you want to make the noise? Or shall I? You do it. Standing in line to see the show tonight And there's a light on Heavy glow By the way, I tried to say I'd be there Waiting for Danny the girl is singing songs to me Coming out of By the Way, live at Alcatraz I spent a lot of the time watching that song with my arms in the air you did. Waving them like I, I just don't care or didn't care. Mm-hmm. You didn't seem to. And I live brilliant. Well, I've, 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 I've now had seven beers. I'm sat in my DVD room at home. No one can see me. I may as well wave my arms. Have a good time. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, by the way, it's an interesting one for me. I, I like it. I've, I've got no problem with it at all. But when I watch it live, I it takes on a whole new dimension for me. Yeah, it's it. I, I like I like. By the way, funny though. Yeah, I remember when we first listened to the album when they were releasing tracks day by day. Mm. Um, so you could on the internet you could listen to the tracks, and the first one was by the way, obviously, and we both kind of thought it was a bit of a funny one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. I, I think I think that's where my my whole thought process stems from, and I've never really moved on from it. But when I hear it live like that, it's incredible. It's just incredible. Yeah, when it kicks in after that, that, that the quiet intro, it's it's such a big sound here. It's it's yeah, really is yeah, a, it, it really is. is a great mix, and they're all yeah. playing great. Yeah, and when they break down, when they break it down, it sounds so good. Well, and John's sing, John's John's backing vocals are just on point throughout. It's uh, you know, it's a tour de force. This concert is unbelievably good, actually. Yeah, when it when it goes into the last chorus, and John really comes in with those backing vocals, I not only did I have my hands mm. in the air, I stood up with my hands in the air. Oh my word! I know. You st- actually stood up, did you? I actually stood up. Well, you stood up whilst maintaining the hands in the air, or went just uh, yeah, absolutely. Just standing yeah. Up I went. I went to my full maximum maximum, achieve, maximum height. achievable height. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! But that says a lot. That's how. Because you know, sometimes if I'm sat down with my hands in the air, I'll then stand up and bring the hands down. I know. I know. But if you see some of the crowd here. They're stood up with their yeah. hands in the air, and they seem to be enjoying it. And I got yeah, that and even I, I have also seen examples of people on other people's shoulders with the hands in the air to to achieve that extra height. Well, you're quite right. Now, have you ever seen three people? <laughs> well, I've never seen someone stood on someone's shoulders with their hands in the air. No, for a very long time. I've seen three children. Wearing a, a on each other's shoulders, wearing a Macintosh to imitate a full-size man. 
Yeah, I've seen that. And I've also seen a man with a child on his shoulders and then like the hood, only like the head being replaced by the child's head. Ah, so it looks like a bit of a pea head. Yeah, yeah. That, that's slightly off-putting. But uh, I guess in this situation, equally applicable. Mm. No, well, I had a normal size head here and I was still up with my hands in the air. So I think we've covered all yeah. the bases there. Yeah, well, either way, you enjoyed it. I loved it. Whether I had a big head or a little head, it was great. Now, do you notice yeah. that on Flea's bass solo, he has that kind of ducky, quacky, Sir Psycho sound on? Yes. That's quite nice. I did notice Quite that. nice. And then, yeah, it's it. Then the, the myths roll out of that bass solo into the UR section is huge. I don't know whether it's... Uh, I've learned I've learned from uh, reading Jack's uh, breakdown of some of the songs, I believe it was a snare to rack Tom roll. Yeah, snare to rack Tom. Sometimes you even go snare to rack Tom to snare to rack Tom. Well, sometimes he goes... <laughs> no, won't bother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, do you think that the swan... You know, when the swan's doing his, like, wah-wah sections... Yeah. There's a there's an effect behind him. Yeah. And it's too loud. It's not sometimes it seems to be very much tied into his mic, filtered through his mic. But it's not here. It sounds like a like a different keyboard effect or something. It's certainly not what you hear on Slade. No, it's not. Uh, and it's, for that for that reason we do not like it. <laughs> no. No, but it's it's just different and we uh, and then to our inquiring minds we say What's going on here? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. Please do. I've gone extremely gassy. I'll tell you what I think. I think there's a man who is going to come out on the next song, give it away, and do a bit yeah. of singing. I think he's yeah, skulking uh, around behind the Marshall stacks, playing a keyboard. Doing that, doing that shit. Yeah. yeah, you might be right. I, I don't know whether that's the case. It well, you could can, be. You can see that man behind the Marshall stacks. Doing it. Doing something. You can't see the keyboard, yeah. but somebody's making that noise, and it's not one. Yeah. It's not yeah. one. Of, it's not one of the famous four. No, but I don't know why. If they are doing that, I don't know why they feel the need to because they can do it. They can do it on their own. Can they? Oh, I think they can. I think it's Rob Run. Rob I'm Rule. convinced of it. Do you think it's Rob Run? Sp- Rob Rule. Yeah, aka Spider. <laughs> I don't know. He looks a bit taller than he used to. Yeah, he was always a tall man. He's got a different skin tone as well. <laughs> yes, In fact, I'd go as well. to say it's a completely different person. Yeah, it's not him. I, now, I don't think it was him. I have looked this up on uh, RHCP Live Archive, and there's only four members, the four members of the band listed as performing artists there. But definitely on Give It Away, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, he's singing You're Gonna Get Yours. And he's definitely someone's definitely playing these um, these wah wah you know wah 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 sections. So, mm. is there a fifth member of the band here? That is a question which needs to be answered. Well, there's only one man for the job. RHCP, no, it's not us. No, it's not us. It's RHCP live sessions. Now, do you see what happens to Flea at 34 minutes 11 seconds? He, no. something, it looks like he sees something coming towards him. He kind of cowers away, then something falls on his back. Oh, God. It looks like a cuddly toy of some sort. Oh, that's feasible. Yeah, but he looks like he knows it's coming, but then it appears from directly above. What's mm. going on? I mean, I'm asking the wrong person here if you didn't notice it. 
I didn't notice it, and I, I've watched it th- three or four times very recently. Hmm. Well, I, here's the time code, 3411. Who threw what at me? Who threw what at Will you? Yeah, I guess it's something coming from the crowd. That's your natural reaction, isn't it? To duck. And then once you realise it's not uh, necessarily a, a direct threat, you relax again. Well, here's my question, though, Sam. Ha- if it's from the crowd, he se- yeah. it looks like he sees it coming from the front, yet it falls yeah. directly down from above him. It's, there's no arc. There's no arc. No, yeah, but if, if you do the perfect throw, then yeah. it can appear to land directly on the back, I, I think even it, if it comes from the front. I think if you review the tape at 34.11, you'll find this as confusing as I did. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I haven't seen it. No. So I can't I can't judge fully. Okay. Possibly maybe it was dropped from the lighting rig or something. That's what I would have thought. But Flea clearly is looking forward and cowers. He cowers like a little boy. A little yeah, exactly. Boy. So that tells me it comes from the front and lands directly on the back with a perfect arc. I'm not sure. The only thing I can think, and this is a stretch, is that <laughs> someone throws something from the front so high it hits something above them like the lighting rig and then oh, because yeah. of that drops directly drops down drops directly back on the back but yeah that's but, feasible but Flea, that's feasible Flea does not look up to track the original flight so what's happening I urge you at Flea 33.3 whatever you're called he'll never reply he hates us <laughs> well I wouldn't go that far I'd say he's A indifferent or B has never heard of us yeah so well I take that I think that is ha- absolute hatred. Well, you, that's the third person you've slandered on this podcast. Uh, one of them, a, a member of the band. We do want to stay on their good side. L- shall we move we on to give it away? I think so. Now, during this section, John not only loses a shirt, but also grows a flower. He does. So, let's listen to this, because this has got one of the greatest intros of all time. This is potent. Now, when we when we were playing with the lukewarm chili peppers, that intro into that song was uh, one of my favourite things to do. It was, yeah. Are we recording then? Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it just sounded like we you just had a conversation with them. Well, yeah, isn't, indeed. That, isn't that what we always do? It is. But normally, you say you know you'd say something else. Normally, I say um, com- coming out of X. <laughs> really, yeah, really, yeah. really loud. Into X. Exactly. <laughs> no, coming out of X like, into Y. <laughs> yeah. Um, that is Public Enemy. That is you're going to get yours yeah. from 1987. Um, a great year. What happened in 87? Well, plenty of things. Well, that's, that's, personally, I was only six. Pat Cash. But it was still a great, still a great year. Yeah, Pat Cash from Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yeah, and climbed up in first person to climb up into the uh, crowd. Yeah, and the first tennis player to wear a black and white headband. Yeah, well, we we say to all of our Australian ambassadors, "All hail Pat Cash." 
Oh, we do. Pat Cash, growing up, Pat Cash was a, a fantastic hero of mine. Yeah. yeah. We, we're both tennis players, you know, and uh, <laughs> Cash, Cash was an icon. You were six. Were you a tennis player? I am now. Oh, yeah, fair enough, yeah. Yeah, not then, no. Uh, then I was more focused on, I don't know, rusks. <laughs> you were six. You moved, oh, yeah, probably not, you, probably not, probably not rusks. You've moved on past rusks. But you're, you're confusing what people do at the age of six. <laughs> a, you're not a tennis player yet, but B, no, you're, not, not you're not a rusk eater still. I'm not, I'm not on rusks. Is rusks pre-teeth? Uh, well, they're very soft, aren't they? It's, maybe it's baby teeth stuff. Mm. Although, yeah, although, it's been a long time. Although growing up as um, the eldest of five children, I grew up with a lot of rusks in the house, and they were delicious. Oh, they are lovely, yeah. And uh, that, that, that milk, SMA. Oh, right. I thought you meant um, <laughs> uh, mother's milk for a minute. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, I haven't had that for a while. I'm just thinking of, of baby products. Because, of course, neither of us have got children, so we haven't had the pleasure of reliving any of this, which is why I consider six-year-olds to be eating rusks. Yeah, and that's why I... Uh, that's I, why don't, I, I don't know any better. I took my opportunity at that point to eat a lot of rusks, steal a lot of rusks. Even even as a 13-year-old, as a you were chowing down on rusks for breakfast. Well, they were delicious, mate. Anyway, we've, we've, dri- we've drifted. We've definitely drifted. <laughs> <laughs> and just in case, I'm, I think Pat Cash won in 87, but I haven't checked. No, so. I, I, I actually disagree. I think it was 88. Right, pause it. We're looking it up. No. We are. Okay, to all of our Australian ambassadors and listeners, I did not let you down. Pat Cash did indeed win the Wimbledon's Men's Singles Champion in 1987. He did. I apologise. I thought it was 88. Edberg won in 88. Classic Stefan. Oh, Edberg was was a very very fine player. Hang on, let, let's uh, go back to Red Hot Chili Pepper, shall we? Well, yeah. what, what we've accidentally done is slip into an episode of our other <laughs> podcast, Rusks and Tennis. <laughs> <laughs> both enjoyable pastime. They are. Um, if you want to listen to, um, if anyone who's listening to University Speaking Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast hasn't yet heard the other podcast, Rusks and Tennis. Um, it's at www.rustontennis.net. Yes, it is. It is, it is. And it's been, well, if not as successful as uh, Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, we have had uh, some uptake. Hmm. A lot of um, babies and... And tennis players. And tennis players, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, listen, but that intro, what an intro. You used to love playing it live. Um, what song is this again? Sorry, <laughs> give it away. They've just done. Uh, yes. uh, they've just done the yes. Public Enemy intro. Yes. John is shirtless. The Swan. Oh, Swan Watch. The Swan's ripped his uh, vest down the side. He's ripped it. It's been ripped. And the Swan's voice when he does the first line of um, "Suckers to the Side," he really hits it perfectly. Absolutely phenomenal performance. I'm not you. You're gassy. Yeah, I mean, no, th- this feels like he, he pushes himself to the maximum mm. when, he, when he sings My 98. Yeah, that first time. Is it, he, he pulls it, don't get me wrong, he pulls it off, but he, 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 he's stretching himself. Yeah, he does lower a bit, but he sounds great on that first line. 
John's guitar tone yeah, is would... John's guitar tone is perfect. It's really chorusy. It's like a um, power of quality live guitar tone, uh, guitar sound with a yeah. chorus on. Chad and Flea are banging away. And mm. uh, yeah, that's the term. I'm sure that's the term that Jack Johnson, our universally speaking drummer, ambassador, would use. <laughs> banging, banging away. away. Chad's banging <laughs> away. <laughs> well, early on, that... on on um, on. By the way. I had a note that said, on the breakdown, Chad does a cute little roll into da- the, the line, Danny the girl. But I thought, I can't say that now that we've got a drum ambassador. Cute little mm. roll doesn't cut the mustard anymore. Now that we've got a drum ambassador, I'm petrified of talking about the drums at all. No, don't be scared. No, no. Don't be scared. We, we mustn't. We must, we must act in unison with the drum ambassador to bring a superior level of content. Golden content superior golden content as always who is he's on the mic here that that man we know not not who he is who is the man singing you're going to get yours on john's mic but but why bringing him bring him in for two lines it's completely pointless because the rest of the gig has been hidden behind the marshall stacks get rid of him altogether get rid i think they did didn't they yeah, eventually. Those big 3D Chili's logos are cool, though, that they've got waving around at the beginning of the song. Well, all through the song. Yeah, did you think they made them or they were given them on the way in? They were given them because it was a TV performance. But there's red ones and black ones. I'd oh, love, I didn't I'd, see the black I'd love a black 3D Chili's logo. Mm, so would I. I'd love any 3D Chili's logo. Well, you've got one. Dan Boyd did you a 3D Chili logo. Mm. He did. He did, although I don't physically own that. Well, you virtually own it. Mm. Yeah, virtual ownership is, is one thing, but physical ownership is quite another. Now, Flea and John together at 38.12, 38 minutes, 12 seconds, shirtless. It's a beautiful sight to behold, isn't it? Is it? Oh, man. Once those boys get their shirts off, then you know that they mean business. Well, quite. Finally, they mean business. It's the last song. <laughs> Yeah, that's, what, that's what I was thinking. What's going on here? <laughs> have, you been, hang on. Well, have you been watching this whole gig thinking, when's John going to finally mean business? When are they going to mean business? Well, no, I know obviously John is less inclined to lose his top. Well, than, yeah, 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 especially at this period. Earlier on, when he came back, they'd be doing like, off the, oh, map, God, off the map. Off the map, he was yeah. shirtless quite a lot during that year. Shirtless and drib- he, he dribbled quite a lot during that period. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was dribbly, John. Just got the new teeth yeah. in. Can't control his saliva flow. Yeah. But now, no, as, a, as an older man, and obviously maybe a bit more body conscious, uh, he still gets it out, but but only during the last track. Have we done off the map? No. No, well, that's, no that's something. Write that down on the list. Yeah, off the map. On the list. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got the list there? No. No. There is no list. It's a virtual list, much like your virtual It's a virtual studio. list, but I presume that you have just written off the map. No, I wrote on the list, off the map. <laughs> <laughs> on the map, off the list. Now, listen, Sam. That's yeah. Listen. <laughs> at 38.26... Chad does do a a pause during the verse, and I don't like it. That's what I referred to earlier. It brings oh the song my. to a to a halt for me. I think it might yes. be "Young Love Chug a Lug Me." Yeah, 
I don't like it, Sam. But okay, well, I'm sorry about that. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know. Listen, for, listen. <laughs> shut up! Shut up! You sound, you sound like me. <laughs> At forty twenty-seven, he does the exact opposite on the next verse. He goes yeah, into he goes crazy. He doesn't pause it. He does a kick drum, kind of massive roll, and it really builds the song up. And like now, ideally on this song, I'd like him to play it straight. I don't want him to be well, pausing yeah, or, yeah. or doing. But I'd much rather have him do a, a really cool roll than actually do what he does on that kind of that that quitting point that he does. On well, I'm sure Jack will have something to say about this, and uh, I look forward to hearing it because it. I, I, one of the things that I've always struggled with as a drummer is the kick drum. You know, I always play it too, too straight, too one, two ish, you know, one, one, two, one, one, two. Whereas Chad just in, and, and I'm sure all actual good drummers just in kind of incorporate into the beat. Their legs are always on the move. Yeah. Well, both one, legs. one of the things that um, kind of gives away, I think a really naturally, rhythmic person a real natural drummer is the also the hi-hat leg is going as well even it's if it's always going yeah even if it's not yeah. necessarily affecting the hi-hat there's just a looks like they're just bouncing on the spot yeah yeah i think i think you're right there now listen uh, yeah i've got some more time codes 4102 that's when it kind of dies down okay are you off <laughs> Sorry, my PC is about to run out of battery. What's your PC? So, my, my personal computer. Oh, your PC, right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, Sam... So I'm just taking... Karen, uh, please, carry on. Okay, well, don't make too much noise. At 4102, as the song dies down before it gets into the big outro section, the swan has stood yeah. there. He's got his ripped vest on. He's got one nipple, just one nipple exposed. Yeah, one of his little nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on. Get, plug your PT in. <laughs> right. Man's got little nipples. No doubt about it. He's got miniature nipples. Um, it's a hugely powerful hang on, I'm man. just going under the desk. Uh, right, Sam's... I can, I'm watching him do this. He's going under the desk to, to plug his computer in. But um, I will say for the rest of the listeners, at 41.52, that man's hidden behind the marshals again. Um, at 42.33, someone holds up a CD. Are you back? Okay, I'm in. Okay, I just gave the, I just gave, in business. I just gave the listeners some time codes. Um, yeah, he's a very, very powerful, muscular, an- animal-like man with a big fringe and one nipple, very mm. tiny nipple. He, he's always had small nipples, that man. Mm, that's one. There's no doubt about it. What I did notice, actually... Talking about his tattoos. Is that, hang on, um, hang on. We, we weren't. <laughs> no, we are now. Uh, his 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 bands look very black. His his um, Indian is. head is obviously very worn. Yeah, that I think. But his his even his old band looks quite fresh. Yeah, I, I think, wonder he, I think he's had a, he's had a refresh. He's uh, had a touch up, a refresh. Yeah, yeah, and also his his daggers on his arms still look so perfect oh they're as they're as fresh as daisies yeah no, no you're right the indian is a difficult thing to to get redone but the, the bands you had your yeah, band. indian you had your band redone didn't you i did when i was in australia 
Yes, in 2006. That was a long time ago, but it still stands true. Well, it was the same year that Chili's played live at Alcatraz. It was. I did it in uh, in honour of this particular show. I thought you did. Now, just as we as we wrap this up, which we must now do. <laughs> I think we must. We haven't spoken about a song for ages. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I have turned into you when you were doing live at Slane and got really drunk. Yeah. Um, that huge solo that John does at the end. Um, at the mm. end, of, not not the big one where it's just him, but at the end of "Give It Away" before the song finishes, and and the Swan is like doing his, you know, "Thank you for coming," shtick. Um, yeah. John is he play? John plays a great piece of quite technically proficient guitar from forty one forty one to forty two forty, and not once do you have a close up of John. No. No, and that that's the problem, isn't it, with these these production companies? They 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 will frequently miss the most important part that's being played at any one time. You're quite right. I have got a GTP for that section. Go on. John is playing legato. Legato mm. style. It's very very fluid playing. He's playing a lot of. It sounds to me because you're not seeing. Um, you can't see him do anything. There is a long shot of him where you can see he's not tapping. Um, so it, it feels like legato to me, and it feels like he's playing it three-fingered. So he's, he's striking a note and then doing ha- pulling off, pulling off, hammering, hammering back on, and it makes that really mm. fluid. If you listen to this gig from 41, 41 to 42, 40, it's a very fluid guitar sound. And it's, it's, it's extremely it's fluid. legato technique, and it's difficult to do that. John was really, really knocking it out of the park at the moment. Who else? What we should also speak about is the fact that everyone else leaves the stage, but John continues to rip it up. Well, you, you, used, a, you used an interesting word there, mate. The word rip. Did you notice that, that at 43.15, he actually pulls off his tremolo arm, his whammy bar, and throws it into the crowd? Christ, I wondered what that was. I thought it was a plectrum. No. Now, he's playing a vintage Strat. Yeah. So I, it's unlikely that's the original tremolo arm on it. But even so, to pull it off like he does is difficult because it's a screw thread that, that fits on the, the, the tremolo arm. So, yeah. however, in order to make it um, more accessible, you unscrew it and it becomes looser. So it might have been on the end of the thread. Yeah, but he, on the does, end of the thread, he, yeah. he does pull it off and throw it into the crowd. Mm. Imagine that. Having John's... That's the, that's the raw emotion. That's the raw emotion. Oh, and he's emotion. smiling when he does that as well. Mm. He absolutely loves it, doesn't he? Oh, it's such a wonderful little section. Everyone goes off. There goes the John. Flea bogs off, and John is still going wild. Flea, as Flea walks off, he gives John a look. Mm. He looks at him to say, he, you know, he's still going. Yeah. <laughs> he might be here sometime. Yeah. And then, but it's it's fantastic. it's lovely, and then he, he he obviously brings it to a natural close, and then finishes it on a a straight chord. Oh, that is lovely when he and he just clicks off the uh, distortion and finishes it on a, a clean chord, and then off gives his guitar to um, uh, Dave Lee. Yeah, he drops it on the floor. Really, he doesn't give it to anyone. Yeah. Drops oh, yeah, it on the floor, and can... then as soon as he puts it down, he st- he prances back up. Well, I call him the prancing pony at this stage. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, he, fr- he prances off, but you can see um, 
the guitar tech's face when John takes the guitar over and puts it down. It's just like, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and 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 John never throws it down. You know, no, he a, always places it down with a, with a certain amount of care. Yeah, I mean, he's very, very precious about his guitars, but not about his tremolo arms, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it, it was wonderful to see. And he comes back on, says a couple of words, and then and then bounces off again. Thank you, John, you beautiful pony. You right. beautiful, beautiful pony. You're a beautiful, beautiful butterfly. What's that from? We Alien. can't wait to see him again. He'll be back. Alien Resurrection. Okay. He's got a chance to grow his hair again as well, which is nice. Yeah, well, I've, I'm growing my hair because I can't get it cut. Mm, I'm growing mine as well. Yeah, but you can just shave yours off. Anyway, okay, let, so let's get to the handles. We've drifted again. Go to the handles. Okay, the, if you want to get in contact with either of us, well, no, specifically <clears throat> specifically me for this particular bit, um, I am Ben Townsend Music at Hormel.com. Whip over an email if you've got anything to ask or just want to send a nice email. Um, to learn more about the podcast, go to bentownsendmusic.net. You'll be redirected there. I've just redesigned the website to be more podcast heavy because my live music, yes. my live music's been put on a hiatus. It is now, Sam. What are you on Reddit? On Reddit, I am. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, you're universally RHCP odd, Sam. That's correct. And I am Unispeak hyphen RHCP podcast. On yes. Twitter, I am at Universally RHCP, and Sam, you are? At Stack Townsend, at boom. Stack Townsend, well done. Now, thank you very much for listening. We've, yes. Well, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. It was nice to see you, mate, in, this, in these lockdown times. It's been a pleasure. I feel like we've rambled about people, you know, will enjoy it, and it gives something for people to you know listen you're, to you're during rambling these very, now. very difficult times yes very difficult oh god times. not again yes you've gone off again um oh, christ we will just wrap it up and say thank we you will. thank you for listening to university speaking the red hot chili peppers podcast sam can you say goodbye without rambling yes. goodbye without rambling <laughs>